Welcome to I Can't Fucks With You, Confessions of an Uppity Black Woman, where I, Osado, walk you through all the things I no longer fucks with once I have fully accepted my role as an uppity black woman in America. And what is an uppity black woman, you may ask? A uppity black woman is a woman who has invested in herself, yet the world tells her she is nothing. The world wants her to behave as if she has not invested in herself. And she says, guess what? I can't fucks with this no more. So if you are an uppity black woman or you are curious as to what uppity black women think about, this show is for you. So sit back and enjoy the ride. The shit we're not fucking with today is not being intentional about our sister circle. Now, I've spent a great deal of time on making a distinction between white women and the women who happen to be white. And it is a necessary and critical distinction. And it's so funny to me that the most downloaded episode of this podcast thus far is three clear reasons why I don't fuck with white women as opposed to women who happen to be white. And I've shared with you the dynamics of that white woman, sister girl relationship. You can see clearly why I don't fuck with them. But what I'm going to spend time on today is talking about the critical nature of your sister circle. That sister circle really can mean the difference between life and death. And when I'm saying life and death, whenever you hear me say life and death, I see two types of death. We have the physical, actual death that we're all very familiar with, right? Like, homegirl not here anymore. She dead, dead, dead. Her ass is in the ground somewhere, fucking dead, okay? And that is a particularly painful incident whenever it happens, but is especially painful when I see it happen to a sister girl under the age of 50, right? And whenever I find out a sister girl has died and she's less than the age of 50, this to me tells me she was not inwardly loving in some way, shape, or form. And again, inwardly loving in the way that Bell Hooks utilizes inwardly loving. The sister knew that she was deserving of love for herself, first and foremost, right? And so she's pouring love into herself and not pouring love outward because of obligation, right? She feels she's obligated to showcase love to other people to the disservice of herself if she ever gives herself love. So homegirls that die under the age of 50, it is for that reason, okay? However you want to shit, shave, or bathe it, bitch is dead because she was not being inwardly loving, okay? And then, so there's that kind of death. And then you have spiritual death. And a spiritual death is you are completely depleted. You are completely drained. You are completely dusty and dry and joyless because you don't pour into yourself. Everything is miserable. There's no joy in your life because you have given your lifeblood to everybody else but yourself. So you pouring dust into other people. Your life is dust. Your life is dry, right? Because there's no joy in your life. There's no love in your life. So that to me is a scarier death because when you dead, dead, like dead with the coffin dead, like you don't got to deal with that shit. Everybody else got to deal with your dead ass, <laughs> but you dead, okay? But when a bitch is spiritually dead, <laughs> When a bitch is fucking spiritually dead, you are here and dead. That to me is scary. 
That to me is frightening. That to me is the worst kind of death. You walking around like a fucking zombie. And I've lived like that. I've lived like that. I've spent time in my life living like a fucking zombie spiritually dead. And I refuse. I fucking refuse. I fucking refuse. And it is critical from my vantage point now, going through having had a fucking spiritual death and going through actually having had a sister girl that was super tight with me, super close with me, known this homegirl for like years. And for a black ass to be dead, like, yo, your sister's circle has the ability to hold you in times of need to keep you from spiritual or fucking actual death. However, your sister circle can only hold you if you got the right fucking sister circle. So many of us are so fucking afraid to shine. So many of us are so afraid of our own power. We hanging out with chickens. We hanging out with fucking chickens when our asses should be with a bunch of eagles. So I don't care what you think about Mr. Joel Osteen, okay? (laughs) And his prosperity church ass, right? I love me a prosperity church. But he has this sermon that I heard recently and I heard it only because it was overlaid over some gangster rap and I love me some gangster rap. If you know my ass like I'm a chick, I love my gangster rap. So there was a Joel Osteen sermon laid on top of this song called Church by Slim Thug. And so, I mean, the way that they do this song is so lovely. Go ahead, type that shit in the Google machine. Get that shit in your Pandora, your fucking Spotify, whatever you listen to. Look that song up, okay? It's Slim Thug. The song is Church and spelled Church the black way. C-H-U-U-C-H. Not church, church, okay? And... So it mixes this rap with Joel Olstein's sermon and Joel is talking about you cannot hang out with chickens and expect to soar with eagles. Let that sit for you for a second. You cannot hang out with chickens and expect to soar with eagles. Now, this should be a rule applied to all parts of your life, particularly your sister circle. Not everybody can go where you going. Not everybody can go where you're going. And this is the hardest part of the journey. These relationships that we have held on to. You will hear me use the word nurturing quite often. And I have gravitated to using this word nurturing as of recently. And the reason that I love this word nurturing, because I made an intentional decision. I said to myself, if... The person or the thing does not nurture me. And when I say nurture, I think of the seed that is planted in the dirt. So now that seed that is planted in the dirt, it needs, I would say, three things for it to sprout into whatever plant it's supposed to sprout into. The soil needs to be properly nourished. It needs to receive the right amount of sun. And it needs to receive the right amount of rain, okay? And we know when one of those things don't happen, that plant is not going to grow, okay? We can think of droughts. We can think of floods. We can think of like parched soil. One of those things are missing. That plant is not going to grow. Therefore, all of those elements need to be there in order for that plant to sprout. So when I think of nurture, 
If the person or the thing does not provide me with those three elements for me to sprout and to grow, I don't do it. I don't do it. I ain't going to fuck with you. I ain't going to fuck with the thing. So some might say, well, then, Osada, you are asking a lot of people. You want them to provide you with the soil, the sun, and the rain? Hell the fuck yeah. Hell the fuck yeah. If you are in my circle, now let's just be clear about the circle. When I'm saying the circle, that is the group that will hold me. When I say the circle, that is the group that has the capacity to hold me. And I too have the capacity to hold them. In this same sermon that I'm referring to, that Joel Olston gives, and it's overlaid on top of this song called Church. He says, when you continue to pour into people and all you're doing is pouring, you just pouring, pouring, pouring. And he says, he understands sometimes you got to love people back into wholeness because that's your role as a friend. That's your role as someone in the circle. Sometimes you got to love people back into wholeness because you know who they are and you know who they're supposed to be. So you love them back into wholeness. But if that is all you do always in that relationship, it is a very one-sided relationship. That means you are always out of alignment. So if you consider your circles, when you consider your circles, are you always loving people back into wholeness? That can't always be the relationship. Sis, if you imagine where it is, you see your life going, I'm going to borrow from a sister girl, okay? I don't know if you guys have read, and if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. We Should All Be Millionaires, right? And it's by Rachel Rogers, dope sister. She's a attorney turned businesswoman. Like, I love her. I love her. She's so dope. Regardless whether your concern is about the material or the monetary theme of the book, right? We should all be millionaires because quite frankly, we really all should be. We doing this shit all wrong. We doing this shit all wrong. But really, if you dig deep into the theme of the book, it's like any type of abundance you want in your life, be it it's financial abundance, it's spiritual abundance, it's joyful abundance, just an overflow of things in your life. Because I believe when you're saying abundance, that's just general overflow. And when you are open to receive overflow, that shows up in everything, your bank account, your heart, your love, your friendships. There's a chapter in that book, We Should All Be Millionaires, where she focuses on in order to get to that million dollar mentality, you got to call your fucking circle. You got to call your circle. Not everybody deserves all parts of you, but who does deserve you are those who give you what you give back to them in full, from a full place, from a full place, from a full place. And that sisterhood circle that sisterhood circle. When I say it is so critical that it has a capacity to keep you from death, that is said without exaggeration. You know, I started this conversation talking about me personally having experienced a spiritual death, right? And my spiritual death came about when I was 
picking up the pieces from what was an exploded life effectively. I did not anticipate being a single mom. I did not anticipate being a divorcee. I did not anticipate pretty much the outcome of my life at this very moment. I would never trade it for the world, but this, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. And as my life was just, I felt falling apart. And when I look at it now, it's like it just had to happen that way. When I could think about that time, like I wasn't even here. I was not even here. My physical body was here, but my mind was not here. And I remember my parents being incredibly frightened about like, what is going on with this girl? I mean, so much so. I remember one time, like my parents, they hadn't heard from me a couple days and like classic Nigerian parents, the police show up at my door. Like your parents said you have not answered the telephone. Oh my God, Nigerian parents are so funny. But I can't say that I blame them. I was a zombie because I could not process what was happening. And because I didn't have the tools to process, I mean, I wasn't a patient of therapy at that point. And I was still really needing to hold on hard to project into the world like I was okay. And so I didn't even allow myself to process. And so that was spiritually dead. My mind was not here, but you saw Osato in body. And why I mention this story now when I'm talking about the sister's circle, I wish I could go back in time to lean on my sisters to hold me through that time. I was so covered by shame and I don't want to call it imposter. It was... Well, perhaps it was imposter. Perhaps that actually is the correct word because I needed to showcase and project to the world a certain thing of perfection because I had created this shape. I had pretzeled into this shape of Osaro, the married person, Osaro, the person that has gotten all together, Osaro, the person that everybody else can lean on. And so now when I was needing the help, the leaning on of other people, I didn't put a circle around me. And so I died. I was spiritually dead. And it took me some time to emerge from that. And that was, again, going through the process of therapy, verbalizing, coming outside of my shell, being self-reflective, seeing the importance of support, particularly sister support, and particularly removing the stigma associated with the uppity Black woman having any kind of personal relationship issues. There's that pressure to be perfect in all things and in all places. And so we don't give ourselves room to showcase the vulnerability, give ourselves room to showcase, although I may look like I got it all together. I am not okay, right? My eyelash not out of place. My hair look good. My nails is done. My whole life is blowing up over here. When we surround ourselves with our sisters, particularly in that time, assisting to love people back into wholeness because we know who those people are supposed to be, that is the magic. That is the beauty. And 
actually, this is a lot of what Bell Hooks in her book, Sisters of the Yam, focuses on. It's once the Black woman knows how to love her own self, she can then love other Black women. In the text, Sister Outsider, which is another anchor book in my course, The Black Woman Liberation Formula, Audre Lorde, in one of the chapters called Black Woman and Anger, she talks about sort of this unsaid hatred sometimes between Black women, particularly when we are like the one Black woman in a certain space. Before you even met me, you hated me for whatever reason. And it is because we have not expressed love to our own selves, right? The world says that we should hate ourselves. People hate us for just our mere presence. And we internalize that. And then it shows up in that way. You just hate another sister uh, because you see her walking down the street. She thinks she cute. It's like, I'm just walking. (laughs) I'm literally just walking. So when we are able to flip that because we have shown ourselves love, right? And you got a sister circle that shows you love. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. I am so glad that I have recognized this and I take it so seriously. And this is partly why I created the Black Women Liberation Formula because it's in holding other sisters together. Our asses don't die, either spiritually or in actuality. It is coming up on one year since my homegirl, Miss Janine, died. So if you know me personally, one of my best friends, my homegirl, it's my homegirl, it's my fucking homegirl. I found out she died in March of last year, but she died February 22nd of 2022. And I've known Janine since I was an undergrad and we went to college together. And Janine was just such a fascinating woman. It's a biracial girl, woman <laughs> from Maine. You know, until I met her, I didn't know black people lived in Maine. Right? I swear to you, I didn't know black people lived in Maine. But we both were on the same floor our first year in undergrad. And she was the only other black woman on the floor. And so we just immediately sort of gravitated to each other. This was like a really large New England college, right? In Boston and everybody white. <laughs> everybody white. You white, you white, your mama white, your dog white, everybody white. And Pop Janine and we were fast friends. We were fast friends. And then sophomore year, we moved off campus and we lived together until we graduated from BU. She ended up doing an extra year because she was getting an additional degree. That's just Janine. But we lived together those three years, sophomore, junior and senior year. And that's my homegirl. That's my homegirl. That's my homegirl. And because we go through shit and Janine just like that line of trauma, does this repetitive generational trauma. And that took my girl out, took my girl out. And she was doing so good. And it kills me because here was a sister. Like she was showing up to work, like <laughs> running circles around motherfuckers. But her whole life was messy on the back end, right? Because that's how we do, running motherfucking circles around people. But the shit is a mess on the back end. Shit is a mess. So she got in deep into using substances and 
it got really dark for her at the end. You know, I go back and forth with it because I'd stopped talking to her the August before her death because I just had to put up a boundary. I would get the crazy phone calls and the chaos. And for me on this journey, like my boundaries are so important. So I got to put those walls up in terms of where I put my energies because I have a finite amount of energy and I just can't pour it into things that will deplete me. I'm real intentional about that. As much as it hurts sometimes and you want to do the opposite, I got to love people from afar, right? And that's what I was doing. I was loving Janine from afar. I was on the road, actually, when I found out that she had died. I was going to be speaking at a conference in Nashville. And I just get an email and it just said her name. And I knew she was dead. The email heading just said Janine, right? I was like, oh, this bitch is dead. And in those last dark days from the things that have been pieced together and like real tight with her sister, I should preface that like I'm tight with her sister now. And that's all Janine. That's all Janine. I'm so grateful for my relationship with her sister now. It's like Janine brought us together and we communicate with each other almost through Janine. And it's really beautiful. I'm so grateful for the relationship. And as I learn things now after Janine's death, I mean, she was in a dark place and there was no sister circle to hold her. That is hard. And so she experienced the actual death and it's all the people then that have to deal with the actual death of Janine. Janine in the ground. She in the ground. I fight with her all the time. I'm like, you fucking bitch. Yo dumbass got dead, right? This is how Janine and I talk to each other, right? This is how we talk. We check in regularly. And I know when the bitches fuck with me, like when she first died, Janine is like a Frida Kahlo, like obsessed. And when she died, I saw pictures of Frida Kahlo everywhere. And it was Janine. She's like, you better buy this picture on Sano. You got to buy that picture on Sano. And so I would, because I would hear this bitch talking to me and I'd get the fucking Frida Kahlo painting. Janine also liked cats and I fucking hated cats. And actually when we lived together, we did have a cat named Golding and it was Janine's cat. I didn't fuck with that cat. I didn't fuck with that cat. And that cat knew I didn't fuck with him. That cat knew I didn't fuck with him. This nigga would jump on my face in the middle of the fucking night. Wouldn't jump on Janine's face. Would jump on my fucking face. Fuck my shoes up but not Janine's. Fuck that cat. That cat ended up dying of diabetes, motherfucker. So anyway, pretty soon after Janine died, I would see pictures of cats with crowns on with like these very kingly robes. And I could hear Janine Osada buy that cat picture. I was like, Janine, fuck you. I ain't buying that cat picture. This would be me in the home goods, right? (laughs) Because... I'm laughing now because I was straight having a conversation with Janine at the fucking Home Goods, and I know people thought I was crazy, but no, the bitch was like, buy this cat picture outside. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I'm glad I can laugh, but there's a hole in my heart from Janine. That was my fellow Pisces. We were both super Pisces, super emo, but cut a bitch watch them bleed and like eat a sandwich. Like that's who we were, right? Like just gangster. Our sister circle was good. Like for all the pain that Janine had in her life, this bitch was phenomenal. And that was my circle. She was my circle. She was my circle. And I just wish she knew her own power. 
and the circle that she provided to people when she was well. You couldn't fuck what you need. So to me, it's not an exaggeration when I say your sister circle has a capacity to keep you here, both spiritually and in actuality. So it is critical that we are intentional about who is in that circle. There's a group of Nigerian women in my life that I want to be like you when I grow up, right? That's my million dollar circle, you know? We call ourselves a long money game because if you're talking about you want to have certain things in life, you want to be certain things in your life, you want to get to certain places in your life, you got to surround yourself with people that are being, doing, thinking that same thing. And you got to see other women that look like you. Like we can be part of these women networking groups and those sorts of things, these women empowerment groups. But there is something different when these groups are other Black women. I didn't get the whole like sorority thing. I didn't get it before. I get it now. That Black woman circle is so critical and it's so powerful. But I do want to be clear. It's not just any group of Black women will do. You got to be around other Black women that are doing, being what you're trying to do and be. They will elevate you. They will hold you. They will carry you when you need to be carried. And then when it's time for her to be carried, you can carry her too. Because you got love for yourself. And they tell you that you are lovable. They showcase love to you. There is nothing like the love between Black women. There's nothing like that love. There's nothing like that love. So when I see systems or men trying to purposely pit the Black women against each other, or you at some kind of workplace and there are a handful of Black women, or maybe there's one Black woman in leadership and she want to make your life hell. I never understood that. I've been in that situation. When another sister want to cut you down, you're like, Why? But now when I can see it from this vantage point, it's like, oh, sister, love herself. She's saying she love herself. See, a lot of us confuse our love for ourselves. We say, oh, my nails is done. I got my hair did. I got my lashes on. I love myself. No. (laughs) What did you pour into yourself today? (laughs) Right? When I see a sister cutting another one down, I was like, oh, she don't love herself. Because love is akin to work. We got to work on that shit. And that shit is not easy, especially when all of the messages that we get is to hate ourselves. So we need to flip the script on that because that sister circle, that shit is powerful. So my challenge for you is, have you done the assignment of calling your circle? Who has not made the list this year? Is your circle nurturing to you? Does it contain the three elements you need to grow? Does your circle have the soil, the water, and the sun to support you? Will they see you sprout? And if you can't answer in the affirmative, sis, it's time to change it up. All right, folks, until next time. Want to hear more? Follow me on Instagram at Omualux, and that's O-M-U-W-A-L-U-X-E. You can visit us too at Omualux.com, where you can learn more about the Black Woman Liberation Formula and sign up for an upcoming cohort. 
And for my uppity black women at your uppity black women jobs, be sure to read up on the corporate training I provide called Dig Deep and Fail Forward training for business leaders, where corporate leaders receive substantive tools to turn their one-dimensional spaces to nurturing places for multi-dimensional people.